From Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. May God bless the reading of God's word and would you pray with me? God, thank you for uh, Christmas time. Thank you for Advent season. Thank you for this story, this incredible, amazing story. And we ask, God, that you would plant it in our hearts as we walk through the coming weeks. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Hannah, thank you for the reading there. So last, last week, I uh, put up our Christmas tree, and we do artificial tree, and I don't know why, but I bought a pre-lit one a number of years ago, and I put it up, and I plug it in, and half the lights don't work. Can I get an amen? And so I... I I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, Kelly's like, oh, the tree, it's not working. And I'm, oh. I don't know how much time I spent on this thing. And it reminded me of these words from, these just so true words from Maya Angelou. I thought these words when I was doing this. That you can tell a lot about a person based on the way they handle three things. A rainy day, lost luggage, and tangled up Christmas lights. And I, I mean, I, I got kind of worked up. Uh, I even, you know, a little Grinchy inside me said, Christmas is ruined. You know, I don't know if you sense God speaking to you at times. I, I do. And maybe sometimes it's what I ate. But definitely, God, I sense, speaks to me. I've, I've shared with you that I feel like God speaks to me when I mow the lawn. So this time of year, I feel like I get off the hook, except for when the Christmas lights don't work. And I say in my heart, Christmas is ruined. And then I hear what I really believe is God's spirit. Abraham 
sometimes things aren't going to go the way you plan. And I remembered like Jesus in that fig tree, like Jesus kills this fig tree. It's another sermon for another day. But it's a lesson. It's a lesson where I think of Jonah and there's this plant that grew up and he loved this plant and the plant dies. And it's a lesson that's bigger than the plant. And for me, this Christmas tree, these lights were something bigger than the lights. That sometimes when God does his work, uh, we could not have planned on it. When God does these works, how do we respond? One thing about Mary's story in Luke's gospel is that it comes immediately after the story of Zechariah. And it's almost impossible when you read them back to back to compare and contrast these stories because there are some similarities, right? They're each visited by Gabriel. I mean, how often does that happen in someone's life or in the life of a nation? That Gabriel would show up twice. They both respond with some confusion. Gabriel says that Zechariah responded with doubt. Some people see these responses as very similar and they think Mary is let off the hook, right? Because Zechariah, in his response, he gets to, like I mentioned last week, he can't speak after this episode and he gets to play a lot of Pictionary and charades until the boy is born. But Mary, Mary doesn't have this. Others read their responses very differently. Um, they, they think that Zechariah, who should know better as a priest, is in disbelief, whereas Mary is just curious about how it's all going to work. So there's some similarities. There's this similarity, of course. They're each promised that a son will be, bo be born, an extraordinary son. For Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, it means that their boy is going to be great in the eyes of God, that's what Gabriel says, one who goes out with the power of Elijah, filled with God's Spirit even before he's born. The boy will grow up to be known as John the Baptist, will be used by God in the words of Gabriel to turn the hearts of parents to their children and to turn the hearts of God's people back to God. Can you see that? And for Mary, this news meant that the boy, this boy, this child, is going to grow up to be the king of his people. He would reign on the throne of David, a kingdom with no end. King of kings, Lord of lords, a name above all names. Jesus, which means salvation. Whew! Some churches would be up on their feet at this point. Whoa. And if the prophecies of Isaiah are true, if the prophecies of Isaiah are true, this child will reign with righteousness as a belt, faithfulness as a sash around his waist. He will rule with wisdom and counsel. He will not judge by appearance. He will not make decisions based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor. He will make fair decisions to the exploited. 
the earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath of his mouth will destroy the wicked. It's all right there in Isaiah chapter 11. This child, this one promised to us, can you believe it, is the one who will take all that is wrong and make it right. Did you hear that? He is the one who will take all that is wrong and make it right. Praise God. Now there's differences between these stories as well. I mean, the location couldn't be more different. Zechariah goes to the temple, right? The house of God. Whereas Gabriel is sent to, where was that again? Did you say Nazareth? Do you know the saying? The saying about Nazareth? The saying goes like this. Can anything good come from Nazareth? That's the saying. I grew up up north, the neighboring town. That was the saying we had about them. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's where Gabriel is sent, Nazareth. These people couldn't be more different either. One is a priest, his wife from the line of Aaron. And then there's Mary, a peasant girl. A peasant girl from Nazareth. This is where this great gospel will come from. A reminder that God chooses the lowly in the eyes of the world to bring about the gospel. God uses what the world sees as foolishness to confound the wise. And this makes me wonder, who do we seek to discover what God is doing? Because if it's the privileged and the powerful all the time, I don't know, I wonder. And then there's this big difference as well. After the episode, Mary can still talk. Poor Zechariah, he can't. I don't know if Elizabeth liked that or not. But Mary speaks. Mary speaks. And what does Mary say? We got a preacher in the house here. That's great. That's right. Maybe I'll back up. And what what does Mary say? She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You know, I would guess that Mary did not know fully just how tangled up things were going to get. I mean, there's the normal stuff that all babies tangle up for new moms. Sleep, breastfeeding, diaper changes. I mean, that's almost enough right there, isn't it? But for Mary, there will be more. Her engagement 
to her beloved Joseph is now all up in question. Whose baby is this, anyway? The birth of the child will take place far from home, and I think it's safe to assume that a manger was not in the birth plan. Mary, a new mom, will have to flee to Egypt, seeking asylum as a political refugee. Truth. Way too many moms in this world have to start out like that. There's so much that's going to get tangled up. But even in the face of all these things, this child will grow up in power. And the boy is going to bring peace. And the boy is going to bring joy. And this boy is going to bring about the kingdom of God. And this child is going to open up this kingdom for anybody. It's been a while since I uh, told a Mr. Rogers story, and I, I realize I, <laughs> I wore a card again today. I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't know if this, this story is in the movie or not. But as the story goes, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers had a fish tank with fish in there. And one time he brought a fish expert onto the show. And one of the things he wanted to do was show his, the neighborhood what fish sound like. And it included a microphone. And I don't know if it was like on the outside of the tank. I think it was inside the tank that tried to get this thing. It makes for a better story. So they tried to get the thing inside the tank. I don't know. They wrapped it in plastic. I don't know what they did. I was like five when I watched it, so it's been a while. Well, the whole thing was a mess. I mean, awkward silence. They had to try two or three different times. Fish, turns out, don't really make much of a sound. Uh, and it just didn't go well. So after they film this, one of the people who edits the show, you know, the person who, who goes through and makes sure everything's smooth and they, they cut out portions of the video and splicing things together, approached Fred and said, you know what, I can edit this just fine. It'll be great. We'll take out those long silences. We'll make it look really nice. And Fred said, no, leave it the way it is. Because children, it's important for them to learn that things don't always go the way you plan. And it's important to have patience. You know, there's a lot going on this time of year. Did you know that? <laughs> Many activities, decorating food, I mean, much, much, much to do. It's not going to all go the way we plan. But hear this Christmas is 
about God. Christmas is about God. Prayer, silence, meditating on Scripture. These are the things. Christmas is about a promised child who is given to us. And this child will take all that is wrong, all of it, and make it right. Let's pray. That is our hope. God, we hope in you. Our hope is in Jesus. There is no one else to go to for the things we long for, pine for, and hope for. And so I ask that you would slow us down, God. That you would um, short-circuit the lights. Teach us who you are. Remind us of this great story. And may we, God, may our hearts be turned to you. May our hearts turn to you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.